Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris, and I'm joined by Stu. Hello. And no Tom this week, unfortunately. That boring real-life thing has got in the way of fun stuff, as life mm. tends to. But um, I like how you, uh, you you managed to navigate like without laughing, despite my really, really heavy attempts to make you laugh as you did that yeah, intro. Basically, yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily, I guess it was a nice, classic, boring French Grand Prix, so Tom's not missing all that much. Oh, <laughs> uh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, what is this season? Can we just have like a normal, like steady... Please, just can we have a boring race, please? I'm so like, tired. Even, even <laughs> France. Even France has given us... It's a hectic, absolutely An amazing hectic. race. <laughs> really like, good race. Basically, I think Monaco aside... It's just been heavy hit after heavy hit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. As, uh, as Westwood would say. Yeah, there's there's a niche reference. Yeah. Hello to all of our American listeners who want to clue what that's about. Yeah. Um, Imagine a budget exhibit, and then you're, uh, <laughs> you're in you're in the right ballpark. He actually did do Pit My Ride UK, didn't he? Yeah, he did exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we are already way off topic, and yeah. there's a lot to talk about this week. Uh, should we just get straight into the race, I guess? Do it, do it. Uh, so after a pretty pretty close qualifying, actually, um, Verstappen in the end was on pole by two and a half tenths. Through practice, it looked like that gap might be quite a bit bigger. But um, I mean, not that it mattered. He threw that away at no. turn one. Um, two, turn two. Sorry, turn two, technically. Yeah. Although, well... On the he, exit of turn one. Yeah, he made a mess of turn one and as a result missed turn two. Um, I think like everyone seemed to be struggling. I think it was probably a combination of lots of rain in the morning. Like The F3 race was extremely damp. Plus, it was much colder there than it tends to be. Um, and I think that probably caught a lot of drivers out. Hmm. Wasn't wasn't your typical poor Ricard conditions, put it that way. Do you think um, maybe to get straight into controversial, boring tyre talk, which <laughs> we'll, we'll try not to dwell on for too long, do you think um, any of this has anything to do with the, uh, the with Pirelli sort of having a closer eye on tyre pressures? Possibly. Possibly. Um, I mean, it didn't affect them for the rest of the race, but it didn't. could have caught him off guard to begin with, though. Yeah, he might have done it earlier on, the, on in the weekend, but they always find ways around these things, don't they? It's true, yeah, it's very true. Uh, yeah, so that gave Hamilton the lead. It was about a two-second gap for most of the first stint. Um, then I've not actually seen why, but lap 15, Verstappen suddenly lost a second on Hamilton. I'm not sure if he made a mistake or... Uh, Hamilton just picked up the pace or something. Yeah, I didn't um, see that. Yeah, which... On paper, that looks like the perfect time to pit Hamilton, but they brought Bottas in instead. Bottas was the first of the front runners. Mercedes said they had to do that because he had a vibration on his car, so he had to come first. And I guess that early in the race, the gap's not big enough to do a double stack, I suppose. No, well, definitely not. You're going to lose a lot of time on the yeah. second car if you if you do choose to do that. Yeah, because um, li- there's literally like what. You'd be coming into the pits with maybe two seconds between you, so your second car is going to lose, like, yeah, exactly, probably at it least a second doing that, and you just can't afford to be losing that kind of time when you've got two Red Bulls who are in the game. Exactly, yeah, which is a, a vital point. Um, 
yes, as a result, Verstappen came in next lap to cover Bottas, which makes sense. Like from the outside, it looked like Mercedes were trying to um, undercut Bottas up in second place. It, as it turned out, they were just protecting against the vibration, but there it was. Um, there was nothing stopping Mercedes bringing Hamilton in that lap as well, but they left him out again. And I feel like it happens a lot where, as a viewer, it looks like Mercedes are leaving Hamilton out longer than they should. And then we all go, oh, okay, actually, they were right there. Whereas on this occasion, they very much weren't right. Yeah, they definitely left him out too long. I, I was... I think given that they'd literally just seen Ricardo do two cars yeah exactly the undercut it was already um, yeah developing so um mercedes have said that all of their sort of strategy predictions all pointed to the three seconds hamilton had over stappen would be comfortably enough to keep him in the lead um and they were just wrong and i think red bull were equally surprised how powerful the undercut was um the drivers as well like Verstappen after the race was like, well, my outlap was all right, but it wasn't anything special. So he was fully expecting to still be behind Hamilton after that. Um, Mercedes basically after the race said they still didn't, don't really understand why the their sort of strategy predictions were so wrong and they need to go away now and figure out why that is the case. Um, it, it's just... It's not what you expect to see from Mercedes, is it? They're normally this is in, what they're normally very good at. Well in, in years gone by, no. But I think this season there's it's definitely been a bit more that I mean they're up against it, aren't they, this season? And that they're, they're they're having to push margins sort of further than they ever probably have before. Mm-hmm. And it's it's leading to mistakes on, on the pit wall and in the you know, back at the factory where they're defining the strategy, where they're doing the simulations, like they're pushing the envelope and I, you know, I guess they've pushed this weekend. They've pushed it a little bit too far. They thought they could get more out of it than they, than was available and they've paid the price. Mm-hmm. And then, as you already alluded to, like the, the presence of Perez where the second Red Bull should be eliminates a lot of the options Mercedes have as well. And definitely. Yeah. It's... In fact, if anything, they're losing options because Bottas still. I mean, he's not been too bad this weekend, but they can't really rely on Bottas this year like yeah. they have been able to this last few seasons. Like I... he's just not close enough. Yeah, I mean, this probably was Bottas's. Well, result aside, this was probably Bottas's best weekend of the season. I would say he looked closer on pace to Hamilton and Verstappen this weekend than he has yeah. all season. But as we know. That didn't all pan out for him. Yeah. Um, so another interesting point. So in the the second stint, Hamilton was really pushing Verstappen hard. Like the pace in that second stint was so high. Like it, it, it was clear pretty early on that they weren't getting to the end on those tyres in any kind of a decent state. Uh, but even so, like Hamilton got within half a second of Verstappen down the start-finish straight a couple of times. But he just never really looked even close to actually having a look into turn one. Um, And I've seen some analysis on this. Uh, During the race at the speed traps, Verstappen was second fastest of the whole grid, um, hitting about 209 miles an hour at the speed trap. Hamilton was the slowest of everyone. He was 10 miles an hour at the speed trap, slower than Verstappen. What? That's a lot. It's massive. 
um, like, okay, all the Honda Power cars had new power units, and that's going to give you a bit, but it's not going to give you all of that. No. The the Red Bull is just... just seems Working. To, yeah, it just has <laughs> seems to have a lot less drag. Um, despite, you know, they've obviously got a new rear wing as well now to meet these low tests, and clearly that's not really hurt them as much as Mercedes maybe hoped it would. Yeah, well, has it hurt Mercedes more than Red Bull is the question mm, there, they isn't it? Because Re- dug you know, themselves Mercedes a bit of a grave there. Very much, uh, very flexible front wing. We- we've seen their yeah, front yeah. wing flexing like a uh, piece of spaghetti in um, <laughs> in the air at the front of the car. So, yeah, I, there's a lot. To, I think there's a lot to it. And I think, like, definitely, I do think the tyre thing has... has made a bit of a difference to everyone as well so yeah it's 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 it's, it's a difficult one to unravel isn't it it really is yeah it's, it's hamilton reckon they were losing about three three and a half tenths uh per lap just on the straights and that's something we're used to hearing the red bull drivers saying over the yeah. last few years isn't it it's such a reversal of kind of performance and um fortunes for them yeah I mean, you wonder how much they've turned up that Red Bull engine and how, sorry, that Honda engine and how much it can take over a season. You, like, mm. the, I think the thing right now, the, the the only real thing that Mercedes have got going for them as a result of this race, if we're going to get into, because obviously everyone knows the result, um, reliability. Mercedes have had bulletproof reliability for some time now. Yeah. So... A, Hamilton's car. Yeah, so A, there's, there's probably performance to be unlocked on that engine by by developing it a, a touch, if if that's even an option for him at this stage, which at this point in the season, probably going to be difficult not. to make too many engine upgrades. Um, so the Red Bull, while it's fast, you would expect it to be a little bit more fragile, I think, than the, than the Mercedes. Well, we've already had one, maybe two Hondas go pop in Alpha Terrors, I think, I'm right yeah. in saying. So, I think Gasly's already had one, at least one go. So if that's the case, then Mercedes must be looking at that and that being that's that's got to be your only ray of hope at this point. Because if, if Red Bull are beating Mercedes here, then I think Christian Horner said it, he thinks they can beat them anywhere. Yeah, that's that's what that everyone was saying before the race, them included. And that's that's quite a bullish thing for a team principal to say. I mean, I know Christian Horner's king of the bullish yeah. comments, but... See, see what he did there? <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even intend that. Mm. Um, but even for them to come in and say that is, you know, it's a, it's a bold statement, it's, and, it's, they, it's, and they backed it up. In, in another reference for our American viewers, it's like Kevin Keegan in like nineteen ninety five against Manchester United. <laughs> I would love it if we beat them. I would love it. It's that kind of attitude, isn't it? Oh, I love if we can so beat much. them here, we can beat them anywhere. It really is. And I think the next two this races... Is a, this, what, this, is, this is when they get absolutely trounced in Austria now. Yeah, that's the thing. That. Like Everything points to them just dominating the next two races and yeah, watch them just like fall to pieces. Yeah. I hope not. I hope we... I can see it being... I, can, I really can't... I've said it all season. I can see this going right down to the wire. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, it is going to swing back and forth still, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, right now, you've got to... You, there's just no shaking the feeling that Red Bull are absolutely dominant at the moment. Yeah, it looks that way. Um so the pace, obviously like the as I said, the the pace on that middle stint just wasn't sustainable for the rest of the race. Uh, it was starting to drop off kind of lap 30-ish. Um 
and Red Bull, by the own admission, had Barcelona in mind. So they decided to jump first this time on lap 32. Um, only like 14 laps on the hard tyres Verstappen did. Mm. Um, and again, because Red Bull had Perez in play, it wasn't a simple decision for Mercedes to make that jump first or to follow suit. Um, although that being said, like we said it after Barcelona, like the second... The second Hamilton jumped in for his second stop there, it was already game over. There was nothing Red Bull could do, and it was kind of vice versa here, wasn't it? The second yeah. he made that stop, like it was already too late for Hamilton to pit, and he was kind of a sitting duck at that point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you, you just have to look at the timesheet. It's a, you know, it's a it's a it's a long old um, long old pit lane this one as well because mm-hmm. it's quite tight, so the speed limit's a bit slower. Yeah, and it means that a pit. A pit stop costs you in the region of because obviously all pit stops are different, but in the region of twenty four seconds, op- yeah. optimum about twenty four seconds. And yeah, as soon as Verstappen came in, the gap was already like I think he did like one mighty outlap, and then the gap was already down below that twenty four second point. Yeah. It was like down to like twenty three ish seconds. Yeah, made it back so quickly. Literally, like that. That's what won him the that outlap won in the race. Mm-hmm. Without that outlap. Mercedes would have been able to do something about it, but they were just they weren't quick enough, and but they weren't quick enough. Verstappen was just too good on that outlap for them to respond. Yeah, and and that's kind of one of the things that I love about this sport. Actually, is that team and driver working together like that can make a huge difference, and it shows you that it's not just all about the car. It's about you need your driver to be able to turn it on in that moment mm-hmm. to make that strategy work for your team. So by going out there, by banging in that mighty lap he did after his uh, after his second pit stop for Stappen, then um, he's won himself the race there. Yeah, it's like we've we've going to put you on this strategy. We've found a nice gap in the track to drop you back into. Now it's up to you to go and yeah. make the most of the situation we're presenting you. It's, exactly. Yeah, it's we've proper. done our bit. You got to do yours. Yeah. And 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 they, they did. They were yeah. By goodness, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> they were just like. They just nailed everything that race. Um, like we've said early on this season, we said there were a couple of times where Mercedes just outmaneuvered Red Bull as Red Bull kind of realized how hard it is to beat Mercedes. And like they've stepped up, they've really stepped up to the plate. And it's yeah. so fascinating to watch. Yeah, you said it. You said it yourself early in the season. You mm. said you can't, if you want to beat Mercedes, you can't just show up with a quick car. You've got to have yeah. everything. And. They were listening, it looks Chris. Like they have. <laughs> yeah, they've 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 done it. They've only gone and bloody done it. <laughs> um, I think Hamilton's probably his best chance of holding on to the lead was Bottas at that point, um, holding up Verstappen for a while. But that just didn't happen. Um, yeah, he basically just went deep at the first time he had to defend. I mean, to be fair to him, he was on knackered old tires at that point. There wasn't a whole lot he could do, yeah. um, and he was. Mightily frustrated as well. To put it mildly, yeah. Um, Perez caught him for the final podium place a few laps later. Um, Crucially, although Bottas and Perez both one-stopped, Perez took his first set of tyres seven laps longer. So he just had much fresher rubber for that last uh, sort of section of laps. Um, And then to add insult to injury... Mercedes ready to pit Bottas for a new set of tyres to get fastest lap. Thought Perez might have overtaken him off tracks. So there might be a penalty, so left Bottas out. Um, and as it was, not only did Perez not get a penalty, 
but Bottas had fallen more than five seconds behind anyway. So even if he did get a penalty, he still wouldn't have got the place back. So just fell apart on all counts really for him there. Yeah. And he he was, you heard him on the radio saying, why does no one um, jeffing listen to me? Yeah, it's about the because both drivers in the morning in the briefing in the morning, both drivers had said to the team, "We think it's a two stop." Mm, and you heard it a, a multiple stop. times uh, throughout stop. the race as well. Yeah, and um, um, but uh, it's a failure on Mercedes' part. I think this like they should have listened to their drivers because at the end of the day, that's the person in the car. Yeah, and no matter how many brains you've got working on it back home, no matter how many supercomputers you've got the person driving the car is the person who knows really the most at the end of the day, how they're going to be able to extract the performance from the car. And if that person says to you, I will feel more comfortable making this. If it's much of a muchness, I I will feel more comfortable doing two stops and getting the car to the end that way. Then you list, you've got to listen to the driver. Mm. You've got to. Like even after the race, I can't remember who it was on Mercedes, but they were kind of still saying they thought even on a two-stopper they couldn't have won the race, um, which is the opposite of what Hamilton was saying after the race. And I don't know, is this like crack starting to show? Is this like Mercedes? It's the first time in a long time Mercedes have really, really been pushed. And I've, I've seen more mistakes and questionable choices from them this season. I think we have the previous like five years combined or whatever. No, well, I think it's I think it's the pressure, isn't it? It's they've never been under this level of pressure and it's never been this competitive. No. Across two teams in in this era, in this hybrid era. So probably the I wouldn't it'd be unfair, I think, to say there's cracks showing in Mercedes as a team. I've I, I, that's a, I think a step just a teeny step too far. <laughs> I think it's more they're in a position where they're not used to being in and they can't really prepare for this kind of situation in the way they're prepared yeah. for a race that they just know their odds on they're going to win. So they have to be better at reacting to situations, which is something that they've never really, we've never really seen them have to over the course of a season no, react like, to these kinds of situations. So I think you, this this is probably the weakest part of that team because it's just something they don't have much practice doing. And Red Bull yeah. are the opposite. Red Bull are waiting to react to the situation all the time. They've always got someone looking for that moment where they can make a difference in the race. They have so much experience with that because that's the only way they've been able to win races for so long. Mm-hmm. And suddenly Completely. they're in the other position and they've also got that piece of experience which makes them absolutely dominant strategically right now. Like even if you look back at come what year it would have been, but a few years ago when Vettel was actually leading the championship after the first five or six rounds, but even then it didn't really feel like this same kind of pressure. It was kind of a little more circumstantial and Mercedes still very much seemed the faster team. It was just getting the results together kind of thing. Like this is the most I've been pushed in the entire turbo hybrid era yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I love it. It's great. It's, it's so much fun it's to watch. so good. It is so good. I'm grinning ear to ear talking <laughs> to you because I just love it. Um, Wait, so. any, anything else on the, the Red Bull Mercedes fight before we move on 
No, I don't think so. I think so, the way the way it all panned out was kind of like very respectable between the drivers. Like you know, there was never a, you didn't see any. It was all super professional. Like mm-hmm. it's not like there was any like janking around or any silliness in, in in any of the overtakes or anything like that. There was no desperation any of it. It was just all kind of pretty textbook and accepting of inevitability wasn't it yeah i mean so, hamilton didn't even try to defend it he no. was like this, why this would you happening. i mean there's you can't like no. that's the thing that straight's so long those yeah. straights are so long and yeah it's, it's undefendable really and it's a bit of a shame i think i, I would have if, if there anything i would have liked to have seen a bit it's, it's just and it's this is not the teams or the driver's fault it's just the circuit like when, when you see a race like this i would say you, you prefer to see big moves, if you know what I mean. Like you don't yeah. want to see them just do a DRS overtake for the lead. That that's kind of like disappointing in a way. Like you want to see like a grandstand late breaking dive down the inside or yeah. that kind. You want to see that for the lead. Because the first race of the season in Bahrain, we had the same situation where Verstappen was coming back at Hamilton on fresher tires, but because of the sort of the way that track is, Hamilton was actually able to like mount a defense and have some proper wheel-to-wheel fighting and end up actually holding him off and winning that race yeah and you want to see a fight yeah you do and you know not to take anything away from verstappen but it was a bit of a like when you kind of reach what should have been the crescendo of that race it was like "Mm, there he goes yeah yeah which is a shame it's not a criticism as such of the of the of the formula of the drivers or of the cars i think just the these circuits with big long straights and the fact that they've got DRS to sort of you know make make these moves work. Yeah. It, it's kind of it's the thing that we always feared when DRS came about, mm-hmm. which was we don't want to see drivers just making pushing push to pass passes. Yeah, essentially. To, to get around the car for the lead. Like you want to see drivers actually properly racing. And I think he probably would have got him anyway. Yeah, it would have, definitely. It, but I just would have liked to have seen a, a better crescendo to, to Yeah. Think. But, you know, I mean, the result's the result. And, and it's a minor gripe given... Yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic race. It was a fantastic race. So I, I, I mustn't dwell on that for too long. <laughs> um, moving on to a few from the rest of the grid. A uh, pretty big swing in the race for third in the Constructors. Um, brilliant day for McLaren. They went from eighth and tenth on the grid to fifth and sixth in the race. Um, no speed Norris. He went as long into the race on the his opening medium tire as Perez did. Um, they were the only two to go that deep into the race. Um, he wasn't particularly enjoying himself, and he was sort of questioning it. But once he was yeah. out on fresher rubber, he got six cars in six laps um, during his comeback through the field to uh, get up to fifth place. I gotta tell you, Chris, I thought he was screwed. I did, I did as well. Race. Completely, I it was yeah, absolutely. Screwed. I, I saw uh, when I saw Ricardo come in and do the double, um, the double, double undercut mm-hmm. against Gasly and um, Leclerc. Hold on. Yeah, Gasly and Leclerc. Um, when I saw that, and then I saw Norris was still out, and I looked down the timing sheet, and I was like, oh god, if, if Norris comes out now, he's going to be like. 14th mm-hmm. or something ridiculous how is he going to recover that we were um, all exactly the same in the discord chat as well it was like what why is he still out there what are they doing yeah yeah but obviously they had a plan <laughs> yeah and it worked brilliantly <laughs> big time yeah 
Um, again, helped by the fact that uh, Ricardo got out of Norris's way because he was the quicker car at that point, which was, you know, that, that was going to seem to work in well together. And Ricardo looks a lot happier in that car as well. That was, you see, like, look, seeing the interviews after the race, he seemed to have actually really enjoyed himself and wasn't kind of talking about the struggles and frustrations this time, which is good to see. He's definitely making some real progress with that car. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to take a while, I think. For it. We saw the same thing at Renault. It took him a few races, a good yeah. few races, probably more than maybe, you might argue, a little bit more than it should. But like, I don't like to talk um, Ricardo down because I'm a huge fan. So, <laughs> um, um, he, yeah, he's taken a little bit of time to get to get his head into the game with this with this car. But you've got to remember, it's new chassis and new engine as well. Yeah. So it's a big, big difference compared to sort of other times when he's moved. When he moved to... Red Bull, didn't he go for? Sorry, to Renault from Red Bull. He went from Renault engine to Renault yeah, engine, he did. didn't he? Yeah. Um, whereas this is like a you know different chassis, different engine, kind of a double whammy, um, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Because not only have you got to contend with the dynamics of the vehicle and the suspension and and the the aero, you've also got a completely different end. It's just a mm-hmm. total refresher, and you've yeah. got all those different engine modes and stuff in them. Say in all the engines that are all different across all the teams and and engine combinations that. It must be so difficult to go from each one, especially when, like, imagine, like, your head is in, like, such a space with a particular car. Like, when if ever you've bought a new car and you've gone and driven it, and just, like, the the buttons for the aircon be in a slightly different position. You don't like, realise how much becomes controls. muscle memory, do you? Yeah, exactly. Until it's yeah, taken yeah. away or changed. Yeah. So imagine that, but times a million, because yeah. it's every single ass, every nut and bolt of that car <clears throat> you are connected to and you, you, you have a feel for. And to suddenly, for all that to be completely different, must take a lot of getting used to. So yeah, I like the got... fact you're doing it at 150, 200 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- it's nothing to those guys, though, is it? No. That is, that's the easy part for them. But yeah, it's it, it's it's crazy. It amazes me that they, they're even capable of being up to speed as quick as they are, some yeah. of them with the, with Absolutely. the differences in the cars. But yeah, there we go. Um Go on. Yeah, meanwhile, Ferrari managed to turn 5th and 7th on the grid into 11th and 16th. Um, they didn't seem super surprised by it. Um, they just basically were struggling to get the tyres into the uh, right operating window. Um, they've said they're expecting a lot more pain in the upcoming few races as well. Um, I mean, it's there's no doubt Ferrari have got a very quick car in qualifying. They've proved that. <laughs> over the last few races but their long run pace is just well there isn't any <laughs> pants yeah yeah it's um, not there it's funny as well like everybody every interviewer seems to be constantly asking lando and norris if he's surprised at ferrari's pace and he just keeps going no why is everyone asking me this i'm not surprised that they, they have a quick car like it's not a surprise they're doing well in qualifying they just aren't very quick under a hour and a half race condition yeah yeah, I mean, to, you know, not uh, Leclerc's dropped nine places. Yeah, he plummeted the towards a, the end in of that Ferrari, race. In a Ferrari, absolutely plummeted. The budget that team has just, ugh, just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Saints as well as yeah, he's dropped six places, and you just don't expect Ferraris to be dropping down like through the, over the course of a race like that far. Not that much. Like the gulf between their qualifying and race pace right now is huge it's crazy how how much worse they are in the race like 
low low fuel sticky tires it's not a slow car but yeah yeah Yeah. not 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 a happy camp there no absolutely not um what else we got a uh, few others of note. Uh, Stroll sort of did the reverse strategy after his qualifying disaster. Um, started on the hards. He managed to make that work to get into the points from last on the grid. Um, Nine places. Nine yeah. places Stroll made up. Really impressive that. Uh, double yeah. points finished for Aston Martin again. Um, Vettel had a sort of half spin early on. Otherwise, he reckons he'd have been a couple of places higher than that. Uh, Russell finished 12th ahead of uh, Ferrari and Alpha Terry and an Alpine um, but he was still pretty frustrated that he didn't score any points he called it his best race in the Williams so far in his career yeah I can um, see that as well I can, yeah I could totally see that I mean you, we see we see week in week out Mr. Saturday <clears throat> does a good job on a Saturday and then sort of it seems to kind of either stay stationary in the field or like drop back a little bit and yeah, this week he's gained he's gained two places this week, and in in a in a car that sort of doesn't really have much much going for it at the moment to to sort of move forward. Yeah, it's in really a race impressive. Is, is a really 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 huge ask. So yeah, I, um, I was really really surprised. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the result at the end. We didn't really see any of any of these guys' races actually over the over the course of the race. The race direction was pretty. Uh, Front focused, yeah. <laughs> what did George do on strategy? Um, started George on was started a, on mediums, one stop, pitted lap seventeen one. So it was a pretty standard starting on medium strategy he did as well. There was no like real strategy shenanigans going on. It was like you're just there on pace. It's yeah, good to see. Go out and do it. Yeah, yeah um, he did. Crucially, that moves Williams back ahead of Haas in the championship. Because uh, Mick Schumacher's what was it, fourteenth? He had in Baku, um, would move them ahead. Um, yeah, I uh, could still do sixteenth, maybe. Oh yeah, sixteenth, maybe. Um, but yeah, that that puts Williams back ahead now. That could do with a point or two to just cement that. But mm. it's um, it's important money for those couple of teams over that last place. Big time. It's a shame. Like we're kind of biased here, aren't we? Like we kind of want. Williams, we don't make much see to the fact that we like to see Williams do well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to enjoy seeing Haas do well, but given some of their choices in recent years, I find that a little harder to. Uh, to Definitely. Do. Well, I mean, the fact that they were like, you know, they were just the other Ferrari for a while, weren't they? Which was a bit annoying. Mm. But then, like Aston Martin were the other Mercedes last year. Yeah, and, it's true, and we didn't have the, really the same attitude towards that. Maybe I it's because. Like- I like Maybe. to see Mick Schumacher doing well. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Schumacher in another team now. Yeah, it's I like him being quietly around at the back for his first season is probably what he needs. But I do hope we see him move. Well, either the Haas gets a lot better or he moves to a more competitive team. Yeah, it'd be good to see him go up into like the Alfa Romeo or something like that. Yeah, I I think that would have been a better place for him to start with, to be honest. I do as well. But I think Giovinazzi's obviously got some deal going on there that's got him tied into that seat for a while. So, yeah. And and plus, if if, if you're bringing money and you're, I don't know if Giovinazzi is bringing money, I don't know the deal. I I assume that 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 is. He's like, he takes. Because Ferrari have like a seat at that team, and he is like the Ferrari driver there. So Ferrari want him to be in that seat. And to be fair, he's quietly doing a very, very good job in that car. Yeah, he is. Um, but fifteenth this week. 
beat his teammate. Yeah, I mean, he's beating Raikkonen more often than not these days, which is, you know, no yeah. mean feat. He's steadily, very steadily progressing yeah. forward, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's Does... definitely, his, his form has improved over yeah. over the course of the however many years he's been there now. What, three, four years now? Yeah, I think he has. There's a, there's a big old queue of Ferrari young drivers behind him. Though. Yeah. Um, um, just back to Haas for a second, sorry, mm-hmm. before we get into the uh, Ferrari queue. Um, I did notice that they put um, Schumacher and Mazepan on opposite tyre strategies this race. Oh, did they? Just to try yeah. and keep them away from each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is sensible, I think. It is very sensible. Given the last race. So, yeah, just thought I'd drop that little nugget of information. <laughs> um, should we move on and do some awards? Yeah, let's do that. Move of the day. The Norris one... and Alonso, really, in the race, I, I enjoyed. Yeah, that's the one that stood out to me. And you already wrote it down. Like, it was so opportunistic, wasn't it? Because yeah. Ricardo got him at the chicane and then Norris kind of pounced at the next corner. Um, and it was kind of important for his race as well because if really he'd important. got stuck behind Alonso, that would have been tyre wear, that would have been sort of... He would have been losing time. It has not If you don't get that move done, it has a knock-on effect on the yeah. entire rest of your race. So it's very important that he took the chance when he had it. And yeah, he saw the gap, he went for it. Great move. Yeah, it really was. Um, trying to think if there's any others worth. I've got, and I don't know if you, we can count this as move of the day, <laughs> but I have got McLaren's two-position undercut for Ricardo. I thought that was a great bit of uh, strategy was, that they yeah. spotted there. Um, um, whether you can call it a move of the day, I'm not sure. It's a strategy move rather than a thing. Maybe it's a different award altogether. Maybe it's a strategy <laughs> move of the day. But... Um, <laughs> I did, you know, you, th- there are a number of factors that have got to come together for that to work. Like the pit stop's got to be well, the in-lap's got to be well, to be done well, and the out-lap's got to be perfect. So all of those three things combined, I think, do make it into a move, which isn't really like presented that well on TV. When you watch it on TV, you just think, oh, we overtook them because they had a slower pit stop. And it's not as simple as that. No, that, you know, that was like thought through and planned out and everything. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. Um, I, I still think Norris is the better piece of action, and I, yeah. I guess this award should go to the piece of action. So I, I would still give it to Norris. But the only other thing that springs two. to mind is when Norris got by Gasly uh, once he'd finished driving him <laughs> off the track. Like yeah. the, the the final kind of duel and overtake was pretty good as well. But I do think his Alonso pass was the yeah the more fun one. The Norris overtake on Gasly, I liked the way that he they were obviously both catching the Ferrari. I think it was a Ferrari ahead. And um, Norris kind of boxed him in behind the Ferrari and just made the move work. Like he almost psyched him out. Like he knew yeah. that he w- they were going to get close to that car and he was going to have to pull the brakes. He knew he was going to make an easy move on him because he knew he was going to be able to brake later because he simply yeah. doesn't have the gearbox of a car <laughs> in his face. So yeah, that was that was a solid move as well. But I think of the t- still of the two, I'd still go Norris Alonso. Yeah, agreed. Um, driver of the day. I mean, nine, you can't really argue with nine positions. Like, Lance Stroll <laughs> kind of killed it yesterday. Yeah, quite very quietly. We didn't see much of it, but... No, we didn't. That's a, that's a big drive. Yeah. Um, I mean, the official one, I think, was Verstappen, which... Fair enough. Verstappen, was... Well, Verstappen won the race. I mean, it's to be, it is fair enough. It, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a brilliant win. drive. I mean, Verstappen yeah. is Set within the top one. three for turning up. 
most of the most weeks, but um, it was it was a very very good drive from him. Um, I think like both McLaren guys had a really good drive. Um, of the two of them, I'd probably pick Norris, but yeah. I could probably uh, go for Stroll actually. I could go for I could go for any of the I could go for Norris, Stroll, Ricardo, or um, or Verstappen. I've, I, I'm reticent to go for, to Verstappen because he's he won the race and he he he, he got it. I, we, we we do this all the time on the podcast. We prefer to give it to someone who H- highlights something you might not have yeah otherwise seen. And I think it, with that rule in mind, it's yes, it's Lance Stroll, man. It's, it's, it's Lance, it's your boy Lance. I can yeah. go with that. And then final award. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Tree cam, you've got. <laughs> yeah, tree cam. There was like one camera that kept using through the race that was just behind some trees. So as it like panned along, you saw more of the trees than you did of the cars. <laughs> I saw that shot actually, and did think. Stop trying to be artsy. That's like, the thing. Like, if you use it once or twice as an artsy thing, fair enough. But it like turned up a lot. We saw a lot it's of tree the, cam. It's it's the sort of shot that you want really as a B roll pretty shot to go in like at the end of an edit. Yeah, or, like, that's exactly somewhere. what it was. You, you, it's not your live coverage. Shot. It's like, very you shouldn't not, be using no. that. Um, Mercedes strategy slip up. I've written down here. Yeah, it's a pretty um, big one. I think they should have done better. I think, especially, I said it earlier, they saw Ricardo do the double undercut at that point. That must have had alarm bells ringing. They must have thought, oh, we need, to, how does <laughs> yeah. that not make you think, God, we need to move on to a two stop? The undercut works. Especially when you've got your drivers at the same time being like, we're not getting to the end on one stop. Yeah. Well, not only or that, not they'd, they'd well. warned them, they'd warned them at the start yeah, of the race pre-race. that it wasn't going to work. And yet they've just doggedly stuck to this. It's almost corporate in its in its kind of ambivalence to what the individuals are saying to them. It, Do you yeah, know what I mean? it's it's yeah. I'd I'd love to be flying the wall in the debriefs after that race. Oh, cause... yeah, I dread to think. I mean, um, if you're kicking off, aren't you? If you're the driver, you're, oh, yeah. you're absolutely going spare in there. Well, you, they're, they're professionals. They weren't have gone spare in there. No, but, but it would have been very kind of... It would have been an awkward conversation. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention, um, the last French Grand Prix, uh, two years ago it would have been, um, we called that episode of the podcast Gorilla Madness. And <laughs> we had before the race, the Ooh. return of Gorilla Madness with... The, the trophy coming down from a helicopter and then just like some soldiers crouching on the floor with it and then someone yeah. else turned up. It wasn't quite as good as when a bloke on a jetpack like turned up and stole it as happened a couple of years ago, if you remember that. I do remember that. That but was good, actually. All of that like pre-race gorilla trophy shenanigans was just, just bizarre. Like I kind of love it, but it's also really bizarre. Yeah, part of me enjoys it and part of me is like, is this? I'm yeah. here to watch a motor race. What, what are we I don't really care. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to see these drivers go around the track. I'm not really that fussed on all these shenanigans you've got going on. <laughs> shenanigans is the word for it. it is shenanigans, well. isn't it? Shenanigans. That's an episode title. Um, yeah. So, uh, Gorilla Madness. I don't know. I feel like we've done Gorilla Madness in the past. Yeah, so we let's, can't, let's we can't not go back to that. Let's let's not let's not. Uh, Let's not be as unoriginal as the introduction to the French Grand Prix was. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know. I mean, tree cam's a good one. And Let's the go. other, oh, 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 I've got another one. Sorry, one more. Um, the 
most the majority of the overtakes that they showed in the live broadcast were through the little onboard camera window. That, that yeah. shows up in the. Did you did you notice that? Yeah. Again, we, this is another thing we talked about in the Discord. It's like it's taken them years to finally get around to having the like picture in picture thing. So now it's going to take them multiple years to realize how to what actually use putting, it properly. Yeah. Like you were watching overtakes through a postage stamp size little box in the corner. Yeah. That was a bit weird. Silly. Because we were just there were certain points where we were just watching nothing happen on track, and you were seeing a. Uh, what could have been an amazing overtake going on? Am I right in thinking, like Monaco, this is a local broadcaster no, no, no. that does it? This is, uh, is it just this Monaco is, that's just, a different Just one? Monaco. Okay. Yeah, it's just Monaco. No excuse then. No. Um, well, I'm going to nominate TreeCam just because it makes me laugh. Okay. I'll go TreeCam as well. TreeCam tree cam is. fun. TreeCam's <laughs> fun. And we kind of have to agree as well because there's only two of us, so there's no <laughs> exactly, break yeah. vote. <laughs> right. Shall we go through some predictions? Yeah. Wowzer. Wowzer's um, trousers. Wowzer's trousers indeed, Chris. Wowzer's trousers indeed. I, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. Six clean sweeps this week. Just, Six people. I don't think we can afford to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> this, is this the moment to uh, advertise the Patreon again? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, six clean sweeps. Um, shout out to Dennis... Minor, Tess Hagblom, um, Nate Everett, Paul Dodd, Roxy Dodd. So I see what's happened there. Mm. They're both the same hmm. surname. I wonder if there's any Suspicious. relation there. Suspicious. And um, Kieran Sinfield. Um, if you guys could get in touch, we will arrange for a prize to be sent to you. If you haven't already, because I've already had a couple of excited messages on Have Facebook you? being like, ooh. <laughs> Look what happened. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. Staggering. Absolutely staggering. I mean, it's, it's a wall of green, that results board, isn't it? It really is. It um, really, really is. And and presenters have done well as well this week. You know, Tom got two with the double Verstappen. Chris, he's got his smug face on. I can see <laughs> it. Um, got a point for no DNFs because everyone finishes. And he put his money where his mouth is for the 20 finishes and you got random driver Perez correct and um my correct answers were Verstappen Verstappen for the win and fastest in Q3 and um Perez's ran Perez's third place so stupidly I didn't go for the obvious Verstappen Verstappen otherwise I'd have been the seventh clean sweep yeah but I am going to take some credit for the people who did get five out of five because they obviously copied me in having. Well, you know what? I, I I can believe that because <laughs> because it's not something I ever think to do, and I, I think mean, if you, I don't know, maybe I'm just not as switched on as all of our listeners, or maybe we make such good predictions ourselves that our listeners. I mean, this is this is a clearly. I mean, it's, it's, we're clearly to blame ourselves for these six five if, these six clean sweeps. If you're gonna like previous seasons have said if you're going to copy any one of the three of us i'm not the one to copy but that's true <laughs> i mean i was joking but if you want to give me the credit for it Stu, i'll take it i i, I seriously i never ever think to do uh to do none for first dnf so and i never think to do 20 finishes so yeah i, mean, it's I kind of like very often ever so after i remember last week after i made those predictions wishing to my inwardly wishing to myself i wish i'd gone no DNFs and 20 finishers as well. So I think, well, between the presenters, we've got five 
a clean sweep between <laughs> us anyway. So we've done well as a, as a unit. We've done very well this week. Um, in the standings, uh, we've got um, three joint leaders, um, all on 15 points. That's Alex Taskov, Om Lakani, and Nate Everett. Um, and then below that, I think it's like 14 points below that. And then yeah, it just gets... Yeah. Thing. The presenters have actually moved around somewhat Ooh, as well. I'm catching you up. Yeah, so um, I, I'm in seventh. You're in 37th on 10 points. I'm on 12 points. And then Tom... Um, in a huge swing, he's dropped down to 104th on eight points. So four points covering the three of us. Yeah, which is crazy. The number of positions yeah, really is for such a small number of points. But there we go. Um, yeah, hectic, absolutely hectic. And of course, <laughs> we need to make some predictions for the Styrian Grand Prix. But first, we should probably think of some storylines. We should um... slash takeaways. Well, I think the biggest one is, like you said, Red Bull came into it saying, if we can beat Mercedes here, we can beat them anywhere. And I mean, Red Bull will probably already have been looking at these next two races at the same track as two that they would expect to win because they've historically gone pretty well there at their home track. Hmm. Um, and I guess I guess it's just like, can Mercedes actually find a way to take the fight to them? Because I, I fully expect Red Bull to be the ones to beat at these next two races. Yeah, um, it's going to be a big challenge for Mercedes to turn it around. I think the, the, it's just one week between between the races. Obviously, um, thing you don't get. I mean, unless they've got something backed up, you're not going to get really upgrades onto the car that quick to to put it into a competitive position. No. So there's there is no silver bullet in Formula One either. So yeah, um, I think we could have more of the same on the cards at uh, the Styrian Grand Prix in Austria next week. Yeah, weirdly, we have Styria first, then Austria. <laughs> yeah, just to make it simple. Um, what else have we got? McLaren. McLaren are continuing to do really well. They continue. Norris keeps getting fifth place. He's absolutely the best of the rest, as we keep saying. Can he continue the oh, short I form? I forgot to do my stat corner. Um, oh. You've reminded me because one of the stats is Norris extends his run of being the only driver this season to score in every single race. Oh. Um, Strong. The other stats being it's the first time Verstappen's ever got pole win and fastest lap in a race. Uh, oh, yeah. He got a grand slam, didn't he? He did, yeah. And it's the first time Red Bull have won three in a row since 2013, which was when Vettel won nine in a row <laughs> at the end of the season. Wow. <laughs> I don't think wow. we'll quite see nine, but I yeah, wouldn't, that, I wouldn't that bet was, against four or five in a row at this point. That was in time. depressing that season, wasn't it? Uh, it was all looking row. very exciting until he did that. Yeah. Paul has just dropped in that it's the first time Max has led the championship. I don't know if you knew that's due. Um, it's not been mentioned much. I thought he led it last week. I thought he led it coming into this race, didn't he? Not? No, he did. We're just doing the same joke repeatedly because <laughs> we've been joking for weeks that, like, First time Max has ever led the championship is all anybody ever says. And even though he's leading it, that's still key. Oh, he's still... I suppose it continues to be yeah, the first time. Yeah, that fact continues to be true, it's, yeah. It's, I suppose it's still valid, isn't it? It's still <laughs> the first time, yeah. But you really got me off guard. I've got red in the face. Like, I wasn't sure what... I was like, have I missed something here? And I've, clearly I have, because I wasn't in the Discord over the weekend. Thanks, guys. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, so I was talking about um, McLaren. Yeah, McLaren podium. McLaren got a podium there last year uh, with Norris in the first oh, yeah, of, race course they did. of the year. 
And I think McLaren could be on for another decent result. This, I think they might even be on for podiums. This, they could be rapid at this track. I mean, in recent years, there's been a lot of unexpected stuff going on at this circuit. So I wouldn't bet against one or two of the top guys ending up down the order or retiring for one reason or another. Yeah. Um, can be a bit of a car killer as well. It can, yeah, weirdly. Mm. I guess when it's they put a very massive sausage curves up everywhere. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's a pretty high speed circuit as well, I guess. Just lots of straights and big stops. Yeah. And um that um that final corner, you always hear front wings slapping against yeah. the surface of the road as they go through that corner. It's if you listen that's a thing to listen out for actually over the weekend if you're watching. Just watch them going through that final corner and you just sometimes hear a clap of a wing just slapping against the ground. It's really cool. Uh next storyline the Astons. The Astons did well in the race this week. I yeah, I think without the qualifying disaster and Vettel's early little spin he had, I think they were probably on for a much better result. Um I think we could maybe see them popping up a lot higher this race. Yeah. Um and then Gasly, Pierre Gasly's been doing great so far this season yeah. and definitely expect to see him to uh, do a decent result as well so yeah. shall we make some predictions yes we've got tom's predictions here in front of us conveniently um tom says verstappen fastest in q3 verstappen for the win raikkonen first dnf 18 finishes and we have a random driver chris would you like to do the honors I've already done the honours, so Tom could know, and it is Nikita Mazepin. Okay, I just couldn't take that away from you. You have to say that every <laughs> it week. It is my it, job. It would seem, I started speaking and it felt weird to be saying who the random <laughs> driver was, so yeah, I had to let you do it. Um, with all that in mind, who are you going to go for, Chris, as your fastest in Q3? Oh, it's really hard to look past Verstappen. Um... Yeah, Verstappen. Wow, Verstappen. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, for the sake of difference, I'm going to have to go Hamilton. I nearly went Hamilton, but I just don't think... Well, I think the gap's small enough that that it's possible that... I don't know. I can, I can just see... It's a the much... odds are stacked against me, actually. But uh, you know, I, my heart says Hamilton, my head says Verstappen. But I'm going with my heart on this. It's also a much, much shorter lap, so any tiny mistake yeah. is like amplified that much more over the lap distance. Yeah. Um, Not only that, it's it's a very fast circuit as well. It's going to be tight, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It it was already very, very tight at the last race. So qualifying it's much tighter than I expected it to be. So, yeah, um, Hamilton it is. Uh, f- who are we going to have for the win? It's my turn to go first because I just asked you. Tom's got Verstappen. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Hamilton. I'm going to go double ham. I think they're they're going to they're going to go away. They're going to reset, and they're going to figure out where they went wrong. This is one thing that they're really good at. It's true. And um, they're going to come with some new solutions, some turnkey solutions. <laughs> and, they're going to do some blue sky and, thinking, are they? Yeah, and they're going to win the race. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be boring and say double Verstappen. Verstappen. Oh, 
And first DNF, Chris. Based on recent form, Sonoda. Ooh, Sonoda. He's, he's going through straight, a tough time. Straight in there. Wow. I mean, he managed to hit a wall at a track that's entirely built of runoff, so... Yeah, that is true. Um, a couple of people did, actually, over the weekend. Yeah, uh... Yeah, I find Schumacher to be occasionally quite sort of mm. shaky. Yeah, he has his moments. And this is this is one of those circuits that can really catch you out as well. So it's it's the kind you're looking for the kind of driver that's gonna get easily caught out, really. And I, I wouldn't say that's Schumacher actually that, necessarily, but, but that Haas is a dog of a car. This the Haas is as well. a tricky, clearly a very very difficult. I car to drive. certainly wouldn't want to be driving that car around the Red Bull wing. No, it's I'm gonna say Mazepin. <laughs> He's gone route one. Gone Mazepin. Simple. Why, why waste everyone's time? <laughs> um, number of finishes. Is it me first? It is. Uh, yeah. Seventeen. So you guys have gone for the most obvious two, seventeen and eighteen. Um, it's swung forward a bit, hasn't it? The the route one number of finishes. Been... It, it was sixteen for a while, and now I feel like more cars are finishing at the moment. They've, yeah, they've generally been high numbers of finishes this season. Um, I'll copy you this time. I've copied Tom on the first couple, so I'll copy you this time and say 17. Okay, and then um, Mazepin's finishing position. I mean, I've said 17 finishes. I've got to say 17th, I think. Yeah, and I feel exactly the same. 17 for me. Other than um, the first race, I don't think he's had a retirement, has he, all season? No. Oh wow, that could be that. I feel like that's five points for me there. Oh, do you know? I feel like the thing that's going to let me down is Hamilton's. Um, <laughs> what strange times we're living when Hamilton's are going to be the thing to let I you know. down? It's crazy. That is <laughs> so strange, isn't it? Um, and that's your lot for predictions this week. We you can submit your predictions at backofgrid.com. Um, if you haven't entered yet, don't fret. There's a prize at the end of the season, yes, but there's also a prize for as we learned. <laughs> this week there's a prize six times over anyone who gets uh who gets a clean sweep who gets five and five answers correct so yeah don't forget to submit your predictions they'll be open i think they might already be open actually by now. they may well be tom might have already pressed the button yeah so yeah get your predictions in you got some news chris couple of little bits of news yeah i mean there's been a fair few things going recently i've just plucked out a couple of interesting bits um it was announced over the weekend that ocon has got a new deal at alpine for three years which takes him to the end of 2024 at the latest um big big goal commitment from alpine that um three years is a pretty long time in f1 terms very long time um that also sounds a little bit to me like him accepting that he's not really in the queue at Mercedes anymore. Like he's still yeah. very much linked Ooh, to Mercedes yeah. and he's still for for a long time he was on paper the next Mercedes driver, but it's it's been clear for a while that George Russell's jumped him in that queue, and I think that's probably him accepting that, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so for sure. Um it's a shame for him, but at the same time I I just don't think I think when you compare him to drivers like Russell, drivers like Norris, he's actually sort of got a connection at Mercedes. Not yeah. necessarily in the queue, but has a connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an obvious one, isn't it? I, it is. Ocon's on 
to my mind, to my sort of pundit mind, is not a match for for someone like Russell or, or for Norris. No, which is not to say he's not been very good this season. He's having a he's having he's, a really good year. He's beating um, Fernando Bloody Alonso, isn't he? Yeah, because that's no mean feat. Um, and I think I think if he'd have like focused too much on that hypothetical Mercedes seat, he might, might have found himself without a seat at all. So uh, he deserves to be in F1 for the next three years, I think, based on current performance. So definitely good to have himself locked into that. Um, not such good news for the um, Alpine Academy drivers, of which there's quite a lot. Um, uh, you've got uh, Guan Yuzhou and Christian Lungard in F2 this year. Um Oscar Piastri in F2 as well, who's just come up. Um, Victor Martins in F3. Like They've got a lot of names, a lot of very good names there. Um, I think you could make an argument for... I mean, Lungard, Zoo and Piastri, you could make arguments for all three of them deserving an F1C in the next few years. And within Alpine, I just don't know where they're going to go. Like They're just basically waiting for Alonso to retire again at this point, don't they? Yeah, which, you know... Man, man, it's that long. Although Alonso is starting to again as as one of the drivers who, well, I, I suppose weirdly the least experience. He's like a, basically a rookie again at this point <laughs> in a Formula One car, at least Alonso. So, how long is he going to be around? Probably quite a while. Yeah, I think it depends a lot on how next year goes with the new regulations. If that, mm. if the new regs start next year and Alpine are nowhere, I reckon he might bounce at the end of that year. But if they are. You know, he's been telling from the, from the moment he announced his comeback, he was telling Renault slash Alpine, "Don't even worry about 2021; just concentrate on the new regs." So, if that works out and they're decent, then I think he might be around for a few years. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Unfortunate if you're a Alpine <laughs> Academy driver. Very much so. Uh, then the other bit of interesting news that came out today: uh, Yas Marina are making some changes to the circuit layout before this year's race. Finally. Yes. Although, as with most circuits making changes to improve racing, there wouldn't necessarily be the changes I would have... Well, one of them is a change I would make. So the first change is at turn four, I think it is, because there's that one... It's yes. Turn, well, five, six, seven, kind of... Yes, yeah, so, so, so basically, yeah, there's the currently before the, the big hairpin um, in sector one um, that runs onto the main straight, there's a kind of left-right chicane before that. They're basically getting rid of that chicane and making the hairpin kind of a, a sort of wider looping corner. It's not such a tight hairpin anymore leading onto the back straight. Um, so the cars don't have to follow each other through quite a slower section onto the uh, back straight. Then at the end of the second part of the back straight, um, the second straight essentially, yeah. Um, yeah. instead of the kind of right, left, right sort of complex, and then a that's nice really off camber and horrible, isn't it? Yeah, they're that's turning it. that into one big loop that's going to be sort of slightly banked as well. Um, which to me, that's removing an overtaking spot, like that second big breaking mm. point at the end of there. Is always been one of the, you know, it's like you'll get cars close together down the first of the big straights, and if the move does, doesn't come off, or if it does come off, like you can either have another go down into that next corner, or the car that got overtaken to can try and come back. And I think that change is a mistake. 
The first one I'm on board with. The second one I'm not so sure. Yeah, they could have... Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why they're doing that. That doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make. Why would you bother? I mean, I, I get like the complaints about the horrible off-camber corners there and stuff like that because obviously they're designed to slow the cars down there. Yeah. Just. Mm. I think changing that complex, I can understand, but I think they still needed that to be a big stop. Yeah. At the end of that second straight, and they're kind of taking that away, which is a little weird. It's that's going to be a very difficult corner, you know now. That's gonna, it is, yeah. That's going to be even more difficult corner because it's very fast. That's going to you sort of on the break. You're going to be trail breaking into there, big time yeah. trail breaking into there, and it's quite. It's still quite tight. They're I don't know. S- I don't know. I, uh, I, I'll. I, I'm willing to re- reserve judgment on that. Yeah, it does mean they're going to be taking it. A- a lot more speed into that like double apex right hander where um Rosberg nearly took off a number of years ago, hitting yeah. the back of someone. So that that could be that's gonna make a a sketchy bit of track even sketchier. But uh yeah. be interesting. Like I'm I'm I like that they are finally admitting that their circuit is maybe not the best for racing, especially being a season finale. Hopefully it will help. Yeah. But Hope we so. shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, all of which takes us into the inbox, I think, to finish off. Is, uh, keep it saying now. Stay, stay out. Box, box, box. Hey, man. <laughs> Udit Kisor says, have Red Bull got an advantage with their power unit and ERS, and will that serve them well for the Austrias? The Austrias. Austrias. <laughs> which I like. Nice little oh. portmanteau. Um, I don't know. Where do you think the power units rank these days? I think, I right now, I think absolutely neck and neck, Red Bull, um, sorry, Honda and Mercedes, because you've got McLarens right up there beating um, Alpha Tauris, mm-hmm. and Ferrari are obviously. Ferrari are also there. They're, they're, they're a bit behind. You know what? I don't even know Ferrari. I think I think neck and neck Mercedes and Honda, soon to be Red Bull engine, mm-hmm. and then behind that, I think the probably the Renault and the Ferrari are neck probably and neck as well. Probably pretty close as well. Yeah, yeah. But there's a step between the, the two. There is. The, 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 there's a the, there's a step between the two sections, if you like that. That I'm representing here. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm. A, Across the four, I think they're as close as they've ever been. But then again, that's always going to be the case when you've had the same, well, you know, similar regulations for a number of years. Um, I think yeah. the thing that's giving Red Bull the advantage at the minute is they've got a stronger chassis than the Mercedes. Yeah. And it's been the suspicion for a number of years that they've had as good, if not a better car, but it's the power unit that's been letting them down. And now Honda have kind of just thrown everything at this final year they've they've really built a heck of a power unit yeah they do and, you that, know, don't they we've said it plenty of times before it's a very on brand for honda to decide to leave and then immediately have success so hmm. um but yes in answer to the question i do think that will serve them very well for the austerious yes me too uh 
Kuba says, how much of the Mercedes blunders should be put on the James Allison departure from the day-to-day of the team? Mm. It's an interesting question. So uh, James Allison, um, he was um, technical director as part of the day-to-day running of the on-track team. And earlier this year, it was sort of April, um, he stepped back. Well, he stepped sideways into a chief technical officer um, role, which is sort of not involved in the day-to-day running of the race team. Um, I don't know. It's hard It's hard to say. Um, uh, it's very hard to say. We're not part of the team, are we? So like, it's, uh, I don't know. It, that's, that's a big, big, big question. I don't think we've got the sort of knowledge from outside. From the, I don't think anyone in, in all of Formula One's got the knowledge from the outside of the team to to answer that. I, yeah. It's a I mean, question. There's no doubt he's been a huge part of their success over the last few years. Um, but, you know, he's he's inputting into the team in a different way these days. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I've, I've also seen people saying whether the um, Nicky Lowe's not being around at the team anymore has had an impact on them. And while I'm sure it has in some ways, like... They've got a very goes, strong foundation, don't they? So Yeah, but it sort of goes back to what we were saying right at the start of, like... No one person makes an F one team. Like it's uh, every person plays their part, and like well, yes, yeah, I, yes, one person can play a big role, but ultimately, it's a huge team of people that are all playing the exactly. Part, so. and, and if one person suddenly disappears, it's not like they just everyone suddenly unlearns everything that they they know exactly, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's not like they suddenly all break all the habits that they formed whilst working with that person. So. No, I, I wouldn't say. I think especially the fact that James Ellison is still there. Yeah, I, just... I don't. I don't think it's really a factor. I, I, I think there's there's bigger problems. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's not it's not James Allison's um, departure from the day to day. No, there's there's other issues. Um, Corey Zilla, Zombie Killer. This is my fa- like my that's, <laughs> of the people that write into us. That's my favorite name out of all of them. It makes I'm allowed to, I'm time allowed time to have favorites. Yeah, we can have favorites. Yeah, we can have favorites. Why not? Um, with Williams' good performance this week, how fast do you think Williams can improve with the new ownership, and in what amount of time, in your opinion? It's again. It's like they've shown improvement over the last couple of years, but we're about to have the biggest regulation change in a very long time. And as you know, there's a budget cap and all that now, but still like building a car basically completely from the ground up for a new set of regulations is a big ask. And it's, I think how well they managed to do that is going to, well, it's the same for every team, isn't it? How, how well they managed to navigate these new regulations for the first year is going to set them on the path for better or worse, for the next several years. Yeah. I mean, they do have an advantage going into the new regulations because they're going to get a lot more wind tunnel time. Mm-hmm. Which is going to uh, be huge. Yeah, massive, massive deal in a whole new aero formula. So you we, you could see Williams sort of making... I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if Williams took a bit of a step next year. Um, I think part of it is is drivers they've got a very 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 good driver on their side at the moment there's you know i make no bones about how much of a fan of uh, of russell i am always have been so i think once russell goes you might see depending on who replaces him you might see a bit of a step back but i feel like they they can improve um they, they have shown so far this season they've shown 
definitely since the new takeover they've, they've been making steady progress forward um what a result this weekend you know for, yeah. for Russell to move forward through the field and to qualify in 12 uh, into in 14th I think the way he did fantastic performance um and it's a team sport you know he would not have been able to do that without the input of the team without the strategy without with and without them giving him a, a, a car that's capable of doing it so mm-hmm. the pace is in that car to be a, a strong midfield performer um it's just about extracting it and yeah they've got a driver in there that that can do it and they've got right now yeah that, right now they they have another driver that isn't necessarily as good in that particular car so yeah, um, I think a lot will change when he goes, but if he goes, but um, time will they're tell. still making, yeah, time will tell. And they are still making steps forward. So. Yeah, and I think the new people in charge as well are seem to be doing the right thing. They seem to be putting resources in where they're needed. And I also like that they're very sort of quietly just going about it. Like you think of kind of your your VJ Malias and your Lawrence Strolls and your um, Flavio Briatori's of the world who like come in and take over a team and were like, you know, they're the face and they're all over the place. Like Doralton Capital are just like, well, I mean, they're investors, aren't they? They're not personalities. They're just, they're quietly doing what they feel needs to be done. And I think that's definitely what that team needs. So yeah, big time. The, the, the right signs are there for sure. Next, Wesley says, with Ricardo starting to feel maybe a bit comfier in the McLaren, how long until he scores a podium? Could be this weekend or next weekend. This car could, we, we know this car is strong at this circuit. So, it, yeah, it might not be yeah. very long at all. No. Um, and if not then, what else have we got coming up? Uh, hung- Hungary. He's got yeah, he's, he's gone well at Hungary in the past, and I think uh, McLaren should be fairly decent there as yeah, well. Yeah, the McLaren will be quick there. They've got a good chassis, and they've got arguably maybe the second, but maybe only just the second best engine, maybe even the best engine. <laughs> no one yeah. really knows, but yeah. Um, the next few races, definitely, there's a, he's got he's got a good chance. Yeah, I'd love to see one of them on the podium at uh, Silverstone. That'd I'd be love cool. to see Norris. Norris at Silverstone would be oh, it would be great for my fantasy. Place would explode. Well. That would be if Norris can win Silverstone. That would do my fantasy <laughs> team. Well, <wonders. laughs> world of good. It's looking like being a full crowd at Silverstone as well as things currently stand. Mm, uh, well, let's not get into that. <laughs> let's, let's not let's not get egg on our face. We're not um we're not the UK. At government. time of recording, things yeah. are looking all right. Yeah. That's what Boris Johnson should open up every uh, <laughs> every press conference with at time of recording. <laughs> anyway, next one. <laughs> um, Chris McNulty says, with Russell all but confirmed in the Mercedes seat for next year, big claim, <laughs> um, is this going to be the quietest driver transfer season ever? I'm struggling to think of any any team who'd want to change drivers. Williams will obviously be forced to make the change if Russell moves to Mercedes. But from the front to the back of the grid, I can't see much reason for the teams to change driver lineup. Maybe Alonso, Kimi, maybe Alonso and Kimi would be replaced in the normal run of things, but with new cars, they'll need lots of experienced feedback. I, I can't see Alonso or Kimi maybe, but not Alonso. <sighs> Again, we've said every single Just year we've done this podcast, this is now. definitely going to be Kimmy's last season, and it never is. Um, <sighs> Kimmy. 
I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think see... he's got that long left in him at this point. I could see Schumacher in Kimi's seat next year. Yeah, I mean, like just looking at like the Ferrari Driver Academy, like they've got Marcus Armstrong is even with a shout. Robert Schwartzman, I think, has got a really good shout of getting a seat. Um, Arthur Leclerc, he's an F3 at the moment, won over the weekend. He's on his yeah. way within a few years, maybe. We might have another set of brothers in F1. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of talented young drivers. Callum Eilert, he's um, going to be doing an FP1 again over uh, this weekend or the next weekend. He's going to be in the Alpha doing an FP1. So Ferrari might want to move one of those guys up and, you know, if not, try to nudge Kimi aside, maybe move Gio. Um but yeah, like looking down the other teams on the grid. Um, Tune. <laughs> uh, Red Bull aren't going to change. Mercedes, we've sort of discussed. McLaren aren't changing anything. Ferrari themselves won't. Alpha Terry, do you think they'll swap Sonoda out if he keeps having a tough time of it? I'd like to think they'll give him another year, but... Well, it's... it's... Alpha Tauri slash Toro Rosso, you know, over the years is the yeah, that's the thing, team isn't it? where Red Bull drivers go to grow up. They supposedly, isn't it? So it would be it would seem harsh for them to bin Sonoda off, especially when he he has shown flashes of brilliance. So yeah, but then they've got Yuri Vips. They're going to need to find a seat for sooner or later. Yeah, and Yuri Vips is legit. He's well. very he's very good. Really good. So yeah. he's a Eurovips is a problem for Red Bull. Yeah, definitely. Oh, um, he's about to become one. Yeah. And obviously Alex Albon's still like in the wings, but I don't hand on heart, I don't think we're gonna see him back in F one. I, I, I say he's a problem for Red Bull in the obviously the lightest possible. Yeah, he's effect. a nice so problem. He's, to he's have. a nice problem to have, yeah. Uh, who else? Aston Martin aren't changing their drivers anytime soon. Nope. <laughs> Alonso, as we've said, probably gonna be around for at least another year. Um, Haas probably aren't going to change theirs either unless Ferrari decide to move uh, Mick Schumacher. So yeah, I think it's going to be a fairly quiet one. Fairly sad. It just depends. Like it, You know, things happen in Formula 1 sometimes that just send absolute shockwaves through the driver market. Yeah. So, I mean, we saw it, what, uh, before the start of last season. We had yeah. pre-season last year where I think, Ric- was it Ricardo had didn't move. That, that was he the was, thing that triggered it. it was uh, Ricardo going to F? It's going to. It was either Ricardo or Vettel leaving Ferrari. That was oh like Vettel the, leaving Ferrari, yeah, of course. And everything yeah, just yeah. went insane from that point onwards. Yeah, but then that you know silly seasons come in waves. Sometimes silly seasons hectic and all kinds of madness, like it was last year. Yeah. And other times silly seasons, you know, usually after a big wave, you get much smaller waves. With if, silly season. If Russell does get the second Mercedes seat. What do you think will happen to Bottas? Get yourself down to uh, NASCAR or uh, <laughs> IndyCar, mate. He'd make a good NASCAR driver, would Valtteri Bottas? <laughs> NASCAR, not IndyCar. Yeah, NAS- definitely NASCAR. <laughs> Speaking definitely of IndyCar. Put a cowboy out on him. <laughs> Speaking of uh, IndyCar, did you see uh, old Kevin Magnussen rocked up in IndyCar over the weekend? You know what? I watched the race and I didn't notice that. But I know yeah. um, Grosjean had a decent result, didn't he? Grosjean had another good race, yeah. He's, he's going really well. But yeah, there's there's a couple of drivers out through kind of injury or like clashing commitments at the moment. Um, so yeah, McLaren uh, bought in uh, K-Mag for, for a debut race. 
Um, and he, he did all right, actually. He retired in the end with a, a gearbox issue, I think he was. But like, mm. considering he hadn't, he'd never sat in an indie car and just turned up one weekend to do a race, like, he, he did all right for himself. It's Road Atlanta, wasn't it? Or Road America? Road America. Road America, that's yeah. the one. Um, good circuit, that. I like Very good circuit, circuit yeah. They've got some really fun circuits in IndyCar. Yeah. I've got it's to say, sh- I'm really enjoying IndyCar this year. It's the first time I've properly tried to watch every round, and it's been really entertaining stuff. There's some rad circuits in the States, and Formula 1 doesn't go to any of... Well, other than Cota. Cota's fantastic, purpose-built, amazing circuit. Um uh, am I right in thinking a lot of the circuits in the States aren't quite up to sort of F1? No, I don't grade. think a lot of them have grade one um, certification, which is the problem. They'd, a lot they'd all need work to get there. What's the is it, is it what's the one near Florida where the uh, um, WEC cars go around sometimes? Oh, um, Sebring? Sebring, that's the one. The, yeah, the, yeah track design to rattle cars to pieces yeah that's a hectic so imagine a formula one car a formula one car won't go around that circuit no it's not smooth enough they always used to say if uh if your car would survive the 12 hour race there it'd survive 24 at le mans no problem yeah i can i can see it as well um, anyway we're on a tangent at this point big time um, tangents yeah there was like so much of the racing over the weekend we don't have time to discuss like f3 was back and that was as brilliant as ever yeah um, IndyCar was brilliant. Two Formula E races, which were fantastic races. First result was uh, questionable, but um, the race itself was fun to watch. Yeah, let's not get into that because I haven't watched any of that yet and I'm going to watch oh, it. worth going to watch. Okay, um, excellent. Just after the first race, don't stop watching when you see them all cross the finish line. Watch a little bit longer. Okay. <laughs> In classic okay. Formula E style, what you see at the end is not the actual result. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Formula One as well. That's not just Formula E. Well, We've yeah. seen a number of occasions where that's the case. But anyway, I think, um, I, I think that's enough, isn't it? I think that's enough, yeah. Um, we'll mention as well, W Series starts their season uh, this weekend. It's um, on Channel 4 in the UK, and it is on something pretty much everywhere in the world. So wherever you are, you'll be able to watch it. So um, if you've not seen it before, I can very much recommend that. Um yeah, be good to give it a bit of support as well. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Every W Series race I've watched, I've been edge of my seat. They're yeah. really good races. Really, really good races. Really excited to see this season. Yeah, and at that point, I think we'll wrap up. So, as always, thank you all very much for joining us. Um, special thanks, as always, to our patrons, including their team principals, who are Wesley Paul, Narayan Hamari, Mark McNeil, Dustin Jantos, and Alexia Jarvis. Uh, if you want to join us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid, where you can join. Um, and even the bottom tier gets access to our Discord, where we uh, all sort of chat through live sessions, which makes things... Uh, just, just that much more interesting when you've got people to chat to while races are going on. Um, we can all discuss how McLaren are definitely ballsing up Norris's race and then realise we're all completely wrong. Um, you can, If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things, just search Back of the Grid. We will be back in a week's time to review the Styrian Grand Prix and then preview the Austrian Grand Prix. That was more difficult to say than it should have been. But yeah, thanks again, everyone, for joining us, and goodbye. Bye.
Oh. <laughs> what? I've just, done, I've just made a massive balls up on my predictions. I've got Mazapan as first DNF and I've got 17 finishers and then I've got Mazapan as 17th when I mean to have him as 20th. Can I change that? Hmm. Hmm. Because it's a genuine mistake. We'll allow it's, it. It's a money mouth we'll situation. I want to put my money where my mouth is. I've done it. I've done it. I've changed it in the sheet. It's done. We'll allow it's it. Done. Oh, thank God. That was almost the end of the recording. I almost missed it. Carry on, Chris. <laughs> carry on. I swore really badly then as well, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> I know. That'll, that'll, that'll need cut out as well. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Right, carry on. <laughs>